Local independent restaurants are a vital part of the Portland community and could really use a hand up. Tell your local representative to support the Restaurants Act. Learn more and get started at saverestaurants.com. Right at the Fork is proud to present this episode of the Joy of Drinking podcast. My name's Joy Church, and I'm your host for the Joy of Drinking podcast. It's been a little while since we've been together. Uh, COVID-19 has reshaped everything for everybody. So thank you for so much for listening today. I'm so excited to be here with three amazing guests. We, of course, are talking about drinking, and that includes everything from tap water to tequila. I think we're probably going to heavily focus on cocktails, actually, but we shall see. So I'm joined today by Waz Wu. Lindsay Stranigan and Ashley Siobhan. And these three guests reached out to me when I said, hey, who's been trying to go out for cocktails? Um, you know, a few places have opened out up on the streets here in Portland, Oregon, and I haven't been out yet, um, but I'm so intrigued by those who've tried it. So uh, let's kick it off with Waz and see where she has gone and how it went. Waz, how was your experience going out for a drink? Uh, so the first time I went out, it was to the new location of Botanist Bar. They used to be in a subterranean space, which would be terrible for COVID. Um, now they've taken over a really huge roof deck. Um, I think it used to be some sports bar in that space. Um, right now there's Botanist, a Cuban restaurant, and I believe a couple more restaurants moving in there. And they've, they've spaced all the tables out. Um, we can bring your dog there. You know, you order with a QR code menu. Like, it's a pretty like well thought out like COVID like cocktail dining experience. And so, was is that why you selected it? Because it was so such an open space, that kind of thing. Um, so I was meeting up with two friends who both have dogs, and it was the first time their dogs were meeting. So we needed a, a space um, suitable for them. But when when they first told me botanist, I was thinking of the the original space. I'm like, we can't bring dogs in there, no. <laughs> right, right. You were thinking the underground space. Yeah. Right. And I've heard great things about what they're doing. That they have a huge outdoor deck, and that they have everything very well thought out. So I'm happy to hear and. I'm going to circle back to you, Waz, about what you actually drank. <laughs> and Lindsay Stranigan, what about you? Where did you go? So I think the first place that I ended up was at Wonderly. And I had seen on their Instagram, I was trying to do a little research and figure out what it was for my birthday, and which is in August, and, you know, hadn't been to a bar since March. And so I was doing a little research, and they have some of my favorite drinks in Portland. And so I saw that they had done the, like, street seats. It expanded out into the streets. And so I went and gave it a try. And they had, you have to, you do have to go inside to order, but they have plexiglass up all around their, like, beautiful U-shaped bar. It's so weird to see, like, these gorgeous build-outs with them just plastic everywhere. But, this, yeah, the seats were all really thoughtfully placed and spaced out and... I think the menu had been simplified a little bit, but it felt really, I mean, I think there was one other person there when we were there. Uh, I think a lot of people don't, aren't venturing out quite yet, but yeah, it was, it was so nice to sit on a patio and have an expertly made cocktail. It was perfect. Oh, I bet. Right. Nothing like somebody else making you a drink. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, right. 
I'm fine with making drinks at home, but I'm I was I'm tired of it. You know, I want I want to go pay someone to do their craft and feel yeah feel it felt like a, such a treat. Oh, that's so nice. That sounds like a great birthday. <laughs> and Ashley, what about you? Where have you gone to have a drink? I went to Wilder out on thirtieth um, and Killingsworth in Northeast. They have a really great setup. It's got the entire street blocked off, so everyone can sit out. It's all uh, patio seating, um, spaced out. Menus are on the table. Everything is clean, and you don't have to go in. They come out to you. Oh, that sounds very nice. That sounds great. And so, Ashley, what did you order while you were at at Wilder? (laughs) My favorite Negroni in Portland is the Wilder Negroni, so I had to have it. Oh, that sounds so nice. And Ashley, while you were there, did you choose to order food or just you did you stuck to beverage? I had uh, cocktails as well as um, the fried broccoli, which is my favorite bar snack, probably in all of Portland. Yes, I've had this before COVID because you've mentioned it on your Instagram account so many times. And I was like, what is the, what's the deal with this fried broccoli? It's like, oh, Ashley's right. It is delicious. Yeah. So good. <laughs> and you can probably see it on my Instagram feed at anything but Ash. Um, so Yes. Yeah, it looks great. And I love a Negroni as well. And I don't know what it is about making them at home, but... They just don't taste the same. You know, cocktails aren't the same. But, you know, to Lindsay's point about an expert making you something is a whole other ballgame, even if you're really good at doing it at home. (laughs) So, Lindsay, for yourself, so you went to Wonderly and you really enjoyed your experience. Are you headed back out somewhere? Was that your one only and you've decided to hold for a while? What are you thinking? So... It felt, it felt really good. And I come from, I work in uh, food and beverage. I do social media management for bars and restaurants and hotels. It's, you know, changed a little because of COVID. But I feel this need, especially before winter comes, to support the places that I love. And I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with, do I go back to the same places? Do I spread the love out and go to different spots? So I, I, can't, I, back, I think I've been to three bar on cocktails three times now. And I think I'm trying to go... Not maybe not once a week, but when the weather's nice and when we don't have smoke, which has been right. Nice. So I've been to the Sapphire Hotel and shoot, I'm blinking on. Oh, and Bar Casa Valle, which was sort of a surprise. My husband and I got takeout, and as we were heading back home, we didn't have the kiddo for a night, and we didn't think we'd be able to get in there. But they squeezed us in for a drink on their lovely patio, and it felt so weird and wonderful to be like out having a cocktail with my husband without our kid it just you know it almost felt normal beside the fact that like we're all wearing masks and there's hand sanitizer on our table and you know like and the same thing when you walk up and like the host is behind plexiglass I mean Park Casavalli has always done such a good job at hospitality and it was nice to see how they've transitioned and done it so yeah, those are the spots that I've, and same thing, Sapphire is doing a great job. I mean, the way that Portland has pivoted and figured out how to do this safely and keep their employees safe, that to me is really important. I don't just want the diners to feel safe. I want their staff to. I've been, I've been really impressed. And with Sapphire Hotel, did they have only outdoor seating or were they also doing spacing inside? Um, I 
actually believe that Sapphire allows a few people inside. I have not even, you know, I have not let that cross my radar. I'm not comfortable with inside seating yet. They've taken away most of the seats, but I noticed, I think, one or two people. And then they have the coffee shop next door has been closed, and so they've taken over all the tables in front of the Albina Press, so they've, like, doubled their outdoor seating, which is really nice. And they've sort of, like, put all these cute plants out. They've really changed their, like, outdoor setup so right so for listeners that aren't in portland you know one of the things that the portland bureau of transportation put together was this healthy business application so business businesses could apply to move out onto the street and that's the sort of thing that we're talking about so those businesses had to apply they had to get permission from the city to move out and so that may be the sidewalk it might be literally on the street in a parking lot that sort of thing. And um, that's what has made this possible for some of these place restaur- restaurants and bars to stay alive. Um, so, you know, it's a big push. That's a big lift for a restaurant to say, what? I need to buy more umbrellas. And, you know, the plexiglass, like Lindsay was mentioning, it's huge. It's a big, big expense. Um, and just, you know, wow, trying to reposition your business model to stay alive is a it is a big deal. So I really commend everybody that was able to make that happen. I'm so impressed. I heard recently that we had 600 business applications for getting out on the street, whereas Seattle only had 100. So, I mean, it's just sort of the resilience of Portland uh, is just so incredibly impressive. Um, but like Lindsay also said, we had this, the fires. So Nobody was going outside. We were supposed to stay in. So that really impeded business for a while there as well. And then, of course, we're happy, yay, to see the rain because of the fires. But you don't want to go sit out in the rain either. So, you know, just the hits just keep on coming for small businesses here in Portland, I think. Um, Waz, so I wanted to ask you, so what was it like in preparation to meet your friends with their dogs? to go to botanist what what were your thoughts what were you thinking about to get ready what did your bag look like are you carrying an umbrella and a mask and hand sanitizer what was it like uh, so i usually have hand sanitizer in my purse um that's always there um i had my mask with me my friends had their masks um we brought dog treats but other other than that it was pretty normal for, for uh, like evening out with friends for drinks And so around the mask piece, I think people are interested in this. So meeting up with friends, you're sitting at a table together. Did you discuss how you were going to handle taking off your masks, that sort of thing? You know, what did it actually, what was it like? Uh, We didn't really discuss it. I guess one of the friends, uh, I've been hanging out with her, Kara, Perfect Food Days. I've been hanging out with her a lot. So she's in my like COVID circle. Um, and I think because we were dining outside and it was sunny, like, we felt comfortable, all of us taking our masks off. Um, you know, obviously, when the server shows up, you have to put your mask back on. But like among the group, like it, it seemed pretty okay. Yeah. I just wonder, you know, you know, if it's like, oh, we need to talk about this before for those people that, you know, you don't live with. 
And when you want to go out and to see them, it's like, uh, how does this feel? And of course, I think about sharing food as well, because it's not business as usual. And like, oh, let's order some plates and share them. Well, what does that actually, you know, look like at this point? So, Lindsay, have you been out with others outside of your normal house bubble? My birthday went out with a girlfriend and... I'm trying to think of anything else, but no. And then my husband, and I think that's, I think that's it for me. We have, we have a really small, yeah, bubble, but, um, we had a housemate who was immunocompromised until we were like really, really, really left down for a while. And the housemate sort of recently moved out. So I'm trying to figure out sort of like what my winter circle is going to look like. So I'm fine with, you know, dining out with someone that I, that I am going to be in contact with. But beyond that, it feels like, yeah, if you're going to be eating and drinking and, you know, you, it, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out. Like, I'm such an extrovert, and I I love going out, and I'm dreading this winter. So I'm trying to, trying to figure out what, what my rules are going to be. Right. I think it's such a, you know, it is a hard piece because everybody, listeners, everybody that's, you know, on this podcast, we're social people. We like to go out. We like to be with other people. We miss hugs. I'm just speaking for all of us. But, you know, the handshake, the hugs, all of those things. Um, it's just really hard to think about. Uh, we can't do that anymore. And who should you be spending time with? You know, in my situation, you know, I haven't seen my mother in years, but I was planning to see her this year. Well, she's 84 years old. So if I'm going to think about going to see her at some point, prepping to not be around others so that I don't infect her. It's a big thing to think about, right? So um, these are, you know, this is just stuff that wasn't on our radar seven months ago, right? This is not the way we thought. So I'm uh, impressed by how resilient the extroverts are in, in like having to stay home and figure out what life looks like. So Ashley, for you, so you returned to Portland before COVID hit, right? The first week of March. So I think I got back on like March 5th or, or something close to that. And I'm so sure I had a few days. <laughs> right. You had a few days and like, boom. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you didn't get to see all the friends that you wanted to reconnect with. That sort of thing. So how are you maintaining relationships right now? Um, I'm doing um, Zooms for with uh, the Oregon Bartenders Guild. So I get to see all my friends weekly. I love that. And a lot of texting and a lot of FaceTiming. Um, you know, I did, when I went to Wilder, I did meet a friend out who I had seen when I got back. So my bubble is extremely small. It only consists of about three people and three people who you know, I haven't really been able to see. Right. Yeah. It's fascinating. Is it my, my bubble is very, very small. So like, okay, well my cats are my bubble. Um, I have a friend who kind of brings some food over once a week, that kind of thing. It's very unusual again for extroverts who like to go out and they're at food and events all the time. This is a big, big switch. Um, and so, Ashley, I wanted to ask you, so you went to Wonderly, and it sounds like you haven't gone back out. So why is that? Yeah, I went to Wilder. Um, I've gone oh, you, Sorry, out you went to Wilder, to, sorry. <laughs> um, I went to Dame 
a few weeks later, but I haven't really gone back out. Um, I've, I'm, I'm really, I'm only going to places that are outdoors. Um, and patios are a definite must for me. So I always, if, if someone asks to grab a drink with me, they have to be in my bubble, first of all. And um, they have to have an ample outdoor seating and, you know, make sure that I feel safe now as opposed to before when, you know, if if my favorite stool at the bar wasn't available, you know, I'd have to compromise and go and scoot over a little bit. But as someone who used to always sit at bars, it's so different to not have that interaction um, with my my friend, my bartender, you know, my my bar friends, my regulars who I would sit with as well. So drinking cocktails has become an entirely different experience. Absolutely. Yeah, it is so yeah, I mean, we all know this, we don't need to say it. But yes, it's a whole new world. And I think when COVID hit, everybody thought, well, or at least on the West Coast, we thought, oh, yeah, well, this will be over by July 4th, right? It's like, oh, oh, and here we are. It's almost October. And we're in the same place for the most part. Wow. It's like, uh, when the reality sets in is that we're looking at 2021, uh, easily, to be able for to some semblance of the old normal, it's a it's a lot to think about, right? It's like existential crisis, much? <laughs> My God! And so, was you went to botanist, and have you been anywhere else? Um, so since botanist, I tried to go to Sapphire Hotel, but I did not pay attention to when they're open, so they were closed that day. Um, and then I went to Sweet Hereafter, which is walkable for me and a bar that I, I like to go to and just hang out at from time to time. Um, they have a very small outdoor area in the back, a couple tables out front. Um, there is indoor seating and they have fans in there. Um, like it was very strange to go up to the bar and order with plexiglass. Um, but I, I would say I felt pretty comfortable even though it was indoors, but there were like three other people there when I was in that space. Right. That's such an interesting part too, right? Is, you know, th- places that you think of as very robust with customers and guests to have, oh, there are one, two, three, four, five of us, right? It changes the energy completely. Like these beautiful spaces that have done incredible build outs, uh, and then, oh, it's a completely different ball game for them now because their decor doesn't matter because they're in a parking lot or something, right? And trying to reshape and keep their vision alive in some form on the street. It's such an accomplishment that anyone's even attempting that. I'm so impressed. And like I said, I have not been out for a drink. Um, I've had many drinks, but I haven't been out. Um, and I certainly think that what Ashley was saying about like, Hey, preparing, right? Like knowing that you want to be safe. So of course you're looking at food and beverage. You're looking at their Instagram feeds, right? You're trying to figure out their hours. You want to see images of the space. What am I going to be walking into? Right? Where am I going to sit? You want to envision that beforehand. Am I ordering through an app? Is a server coming to me? What are the protocols? So I think those are things are such a big deal now. 
that, you know, perhaps in the past was like, oh, I've never been to this bar. Who cares? I'll meet you there. Right. Not a big deal. Now that is just out the window. Um, so I wanted to talk about the start of COVID. And so for us drinkers, were we prepared? Did everybody have a home bar going already? What was up? <laughs> uh, was what about you? So when COVID hit and the stay at home order came down from Governor Brown, what was it like for you? Were you like, oh my gosh, do I have vodka or whatever? <laughs> uh, so I was well prepared with food and cat food. I was not very well prepared with alcohol. Um, like pretty early on, I remember ordering some wine from Dame. I ordered cocktails from Straight Away. And I have a couple bottles of um, Townshend's vodka and gin from before they closed. But I really did not want to dig into that like collector's stash just yet. Right. And so how did that develop over time? As COVID was like, oh, it's gonna, it's here for a while. So, did you begin to mask up and go to your, to a liquor store? Did you get delivery? What did it start to look like for you? Um, I got delivery. I think I also just started drinking a little less at home and switching to drinking more kombucha. And like, I've never been a coffee drinker. I, I only drink tea. Um, so it's just become tea, kombucha, and occasionally a cocktail, occasionally wine. Okay. Okay. And so for myself, I, um, I began, you know, seeking out, uh, who's delivering booze? What's this going to look like? And so I, um, fortunately through Eater PDX, they ran it. Uh, I think Alex frame and Brooke perhaps both wrote an article about where do you get booze delivered? And I read about at your door. So I think it's through botanist house. That's how this whole thing is produced. And I, you know, I might be their best customer. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's all local spirits. So there are some limitations. <laughs> Ashley's laughing at me. We are on Zoom looking at each other. So I can see her laughing. But um, and they don't supply things like, you know, if you wanted a, a mint, a piece of mint in your drink or tonic or something like that. They don't supply that. So that's something, you know, if you're doing delivery apps, you know, Fred Meyer, New Seasons, Whole Foods, you know, put those things on the list is my recommendation. But they're great about um, if you order by seven in the morning, they deliver the same day. And they're great about texting ahead to say, hey, we're on our way. They wear masks. You've got to show ID at the door. They take a, a picture of it initially. Um, they've been coming here so often they don't need to see my ID anymore. But anyway, <laughs> but it's been a really great service. I'm so happy that they're doing it. And they have a few snacky options too. So, you know, some kind of um, conundrum is a local company here that does like smoked cashews, some really interesting nut mixes that are delicious. So I've, you know, gotten some of those kind of treats occasionally. Um, and if they have some chocolates and things like that. Anyway, so I'm very thankful to them for doing that and for continuing that service. Um, anyway, so Lindsay, now what about you? What was your home bar like pre-COVID and what is it like now? We always keep a relatively well-stocked home bar. I like to have gin, whiskey, and tequila generally on hand. And then some various, I have like a million bitters. I always usually have some sort of vermouth. Um, 
we've got like Benedictine, some usually some Campari or something, you know, something that we usually have some stuff to make the basics. But my husband was convinced that liquor stores are going to be deemed non-essential. And so he went like wild at the liquor store, like right before the order, like he just went and spent like a couple hundred bucks, like just, I was like, babe, we don't, like, it's going to be fine. We're not going to be stuck in our house for the rest of our lives. Like, it's going to be, like, a couple, you know, it's just, like, it was very funny. But um, he, the bartender, and I, I mean, I, I can make a mean drink, but he's, like, very good at it. And so we, yeah, he we got this giant thing. It was, like, really lovely vermouth. And we were making Pedro Martinez's, which is the cocktail I learned about at Rum Club. It's a rum cocktail, usually with, like, a nice aged rum. Sort of like a rum mold fashioned. I, I can't even tell you what's in it. There's maraschino and vermouth, usually uh, kochi, something or other. Again, I don't make them. My husband does. And some orange peel. They're, and they're usually like a big cube. It's a nice sip, like very boozy, spirit forward, as they say. But yeah, so we've been making sure we have the fixings for that on hand pretty much. That's been our quarantine cocktail of choice. Oh, that's great. Well, I think probably you're pleased, right, that your husband went out and bought the biggest jugs of whatever he could get. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> COVID, out, yeah. here we are, <laughs> almost October. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, my gosh. That's, yeah, that's interesting. And I, I'm impressed that you already had a home bar going. You know, that's a nice thing to, like, Okay, that option already exists. So that's impressive. Was what about you? You had said that you know, you didn't have a lot on hand. And it doesn't sound like you've decided to ramp up. No, I I just feel like I shouldn't stock up too much. Because it's just me. I don't need to around that much alcohol all the time. (laughs) Oh my gosh, well, we think differently. I'm just me. And I'm like, well, I think I need more alcohol. You know, some days are not great. Anyway, and Ashley, what about you? When at, when we got on this Zoom call to see each other to record this podcast, Ashley was so good about showing us all the different types of beverages she had on at her table, right at her disposal. So I'm thinking maybe you've stocked up. Um, well, you would think that, but... Um I drink cocktails because I love the experience of sitting at bars and having conversations and having like making that connection with someone else. So I am not an expert on making drinks. When COVID hit, I had just moved from Philadelphia. So I've only really had what I had in Philly, which was an extensive wine collection um, and a bottle of blue coat gin, which is a, a local um, distillery in Philadelphia. It's Philadelphia Distilling. And um, I've been, in, in the beginning of COVID, I didn't really drink. I was going through a lot of um, different things, um, trying to process a move and um, being on a different coast and, you know, COVID. Um, so I, but lately I've been sticking with things that I know that I can make, like, a Negroni, a martini, and um, opening wine bottles. I can do that. I'm really good at that. Um, So I've been sticking with things that are two, three ingredients and and just going with it. Um, I'm not saying that I've gotten better at Negronis, but I'm okay. (laughs) They're clearly, they're drinkable. Right? They're drinkable. Yeah, they're not going to be my favorite Wilder Negroni. 
but it's something that I can have, you know, I can practice and um, I always try to keep uh, all sorts of citrus on hand and a Topo Chico and some vermouth. So I'm trying, I'm really trying, but I miss every bar that I've ever sat at. Exactly. Agreed. Well said. I, you know, have over the last couple of years really started to enjoy gin, which I was a nope, nope, gin, nope, nope before. So because there have been so many artisanal gins, I, that's my thing. But what happened for me was I did not really understand the different, all of the array of tonics and how different they are. So that's been really interesting to kind of do some tastings of, of different brands, different types of tonics, and then saying, well, do I need tonic? Maybe I could use club soda. Maybe I could use sparkling water, that kind of thing. So it's been kind of fun to experiment and realize like, mm, gin and tonic is gin and tonic for a reason. <laughs> and um, gin and sparkling water, <clears throat> not great. Uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, is Ashley's pointing, is that what you like? I prefer a gin and soda over a gin and tonic. I do enjoy a tequila tonic, but gin and soda is my go-to. Oh, this is so interesting. Yeah, I, I just hadn't really thought about this before. So, you know, that's been kind of fun to put out an array of glasses and try all of these different things. Like, what is it that you enjoy? What is it you like? Testing for myself, trying to forget what I'm tasting, but remember enough to like, oh, that's my favorite. Order that one again. <laughs> whatever the tonic is or whatever it is. Um, it's been kind of fun. Um, so, you know, some people locally have been doing cocktail videos. Has anybody participated or watched any of those at all? I was just intrigued to know if anyone's done any of that. Um, Camille at Quintrell, she was, I think, one of the very first for Quintrell to pivot to doing some Instagram videos like once a week. She was doing one. Those were really interesting. Uh, I just wondered, was you, did you watch any of those? Um, I've seen the Quantrell videos, but I, I, don't, I don't remember any others. Yeah. I also um, was able to sit in on Sunday School Wines is local here, and they put on some really fun had been in person events on Sundays um, about wine. And so they are kind of a fun, they're doing them via Zoom now. And those are kind of fun, interesting. I, I mean, I hope those are going well for them. And so I guess I'm pivoting into wine. So I don't know if we've got many wine drinkers. Ashley's a wine drinker. I'm a, Yes, Lindsay's raising her hand. <laughs> so Lindsay, so how was your wine stash for COVID? <laughs> It's okay. I have a really small wine rack. It's like holds six bottles, and so I can. But I'll, I'll throw other stuff in my bar cart. And but I like to keep make sure there's always a nice six bottles that's uh, that's sitting there. Um, I did some work with um, Angel Estate Winery during COVID. I just I was doing a little bit of social consulting with them, and so they actually they sent me a case of wine at the beginning of COVID for. Uh, not necessarily trade purposes, but just was taking some photos for them. Man, that stuff was great. So that doubled my my home wine stash, which was really nice. But yeah, I have just I love going wine tasting, and that's something I dearly miss in in COVID times. Like that's usually what I'll do for my birthday: I just go out to Willamette Valley and just go to new places and my favorite spots. So I feel like I usually have like a bottle of J.K. Carrier on hand. I love our Stewart Maria Stewart is 
like the nicest person alive and they make delightful wine. I think what else I got, but it's mostly, I think it's all Oregon wines at maybe a Washington wine in there so right well well done (laughs) I um at the beginning of COVID I well right at the edge of COVID you know I had this massive house fire so I lost everything and that included all my booze all my wine clothes everything um and so I got this I moved into temporary housing and uh, Elena from Woven Wine Works, she's a local winemaker here. She delivered a case of wine. She's like, what do you want? And I said, well, I, <laughs> thank you so much. I uh, have trauma from this fire. So I literally cannot open wine. So it has to be screw top only. And she was like, I got you covered. Uh, so, so that was really nice. Uh, I went through that wine um, and then ordered more. And I was like, continue with the screw top wine because I still can't deal. <laughs> I still can't open anything. I clearly my body is still stressed out. But um, so I've got some of that wine left. And then Helioterra began doing some pouches of wine. So that was really fun and brought over some of that. So um, you know, I, f- I feel pretty good about that. And I mean, I do believe rosé is great all year round. I'm a fan. <laughs> so Ashley, you mentioned bringing some of your wine back to Portland. Yeah. So that sort of the bulk of your car was filled with, with wine <laughs> upon moving back. It's great. It actually weighed my car down. So when I encountered like super high mile, like 60 mile an hour winds, I was great. <laughs> Excellent, right? All the uses thanks, of thanks to the wine. Pro tip: carry a lot of wine, and then your car will get blown. No, that's that's always what I do. You know, if I go to the coast and I go to the Never Oysters, I always ask for a little bit extra ice to pack in the bag with my oysters, so I can put my wine to chill. So I drive to the beach with it. Um, but yeah, my my liquor stash was non-existent except for a bottle of blue coat gin that I brought back from Philadelphia and it was mostly wine I think I keep at least 16 bottles on hand um uh I actually brought back wine from Philadelphia that was or they were Oregon labels and um that's what I've I've been drinking because it's it's easy for me and I enjoy it and Dame has such an amazing easy delivery system too so I get a lot of my wine from Dame oh that's very good that's great and Waz are you much of a wine drinker Uh, a little bit Um, I've also been ordering from Dame like I I like to tell Jane like I want orange wines I want lighter reds and then she surprises me and you know, I feel like that's a really great great way to like, learn about different vineyards um, a while back my boss in San Francisco that I, I used to work for a few years ago um, he he sent me some of their wines which has been really nice to like have something a little different on hand oh that's great I like that and I think it's really with the dame piece about saying to Jane the owner hey this is what I like. That's a kind of a fun, it feels like maybe, you know, it feels like the holidays when you get your case or whatever it is. I love that. Um, and you know, I wanted to mention, so we're short on time. Thank you so much for this great conversation. 
But I wanted to um, quickly chat about everybody's feelings and hopes about to-go cocktails. You know, this has been such an interesting piece here in Oregon, of all places, that we that is not uh, legalized yet. And there's been a, a huge push. Uh, it was in the legislative session in August, supposed to be again in September. That did not happen. I think that's right. Um, so if to-go cocktails were an option, would this group go for it? So, Lindsay, what are your thoughts? Absolutely. I think it would be so helpful for restaurants and bars right now. And yeah, I just don't see the harmony. I got um, a, cocktail, a cocktail from Eam where they give you all the fixings and the thing, and then you have to add your own booze at home. It was it was great, but I would rather just buy a cocktail that has booze in it from Eam that I can drink at home. Like, that is what I want. So, I, yeah, I don't see the harmony. I think it would help restaurants, and then I certainly think it would make our experiences at home more delicious and enjoyable. Exactly. I agree. Anybody else have other thoughts about that? Or are we in agreement with Lindsay? Yes. I'm getting thumbs up. I I, I can't wait for to-go cocktails. I just want to support the bars that I love and that have become my second homes. And, um, you know, I go there because they're fantastic bartenders and they're so good at their craft and they're so creative. And I'm, I'm, I barely mastered the Negroni and it's only, you know, got equal parts of three things. So I would rather turn to someone who is an expert and support them and support local businesses. Yeah. I think we're in agreement here that for restaurants and bars, this is the way to keep them alive is the to-go cocktail. And that's because the margins are good. Uh, Great. That's wonderful. And we want to keep them alive. Um, You know, our Portland scene here is so known for food and beverage. So to think of losing that is bigger than just, oh, some friends don't have jobs and they had to, you know, take on other work. It's a bigger cultural piece of what Portland, Oregon has become over the last 20 years. So, um, I, I mean, the to-go thing is, the to-go cocktail piece is paramount, in my opinion. And then I wanted to say one last uh, thing. This is uh, a non sequitur, but for those of you making cocktails at home, I recommend if you can find your local ice maker. Uh, we have PDX Ice, and they make some beautiful ice they make spheres that are really cool. Uh, they make elongated shapes of ice, all kinds of things. They imprint stamps into some of the ice too. And if you can afford it just as a treat to order some ice, they'll bring it to you all packed. You get it delivered. They leave it at your door. You put it in your freezer. And then just for something like, you know what? I need a really special cocktail tonight. Put one of those pieces of ice that's like the sphere or whatever in there. It is incredible. It just feels so good. It's a, a real treat other than your regular regular ice cubes uh, from your freezer. So that's just a little plug for, you know, find your local ice person, your ice maker. Um, and if you don't have one, maybe there's a business concept for you. <laughs> uh, so listeners, thank you so much for being here. And I want to ask the panelists today, does anybody have any last thoughts? parting words that you'd like to share. Otherwise we'll say goodbye until we see you again next month. Thanks for having us. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you everybody. This has been really fun. So listeners, you know, feedback is so important. 
So please share feedback. Um, and I also want to mention right at the fork. So that's who sponsors my doing this. So that's incredibly meaningful. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be doing this without them. So thanks to Chris and Court for making this possible. And Waz, Lindsay, Ashley, thank you so much for being here. It was really fun to see you. Oh my gosh. And someday, someday we'll get to see each other in person with masks. And someday we'll get to hug and have cocktails, which would be incredible, right? It's now the, the small things that have become the big things, right? Our lives have shifted. Anyway, listeners, thank you so much. This is Joy Church from the Joy of Drinking podcast. Thank you so much for listening. The Joy of Drinking podcast is produced by Joy Church, executive produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson in association with Right at the Fork.